going to talk about the parable of the prodigal son and we're going to do it in a little bit of a different way and we're going to do that because I, I realized by the way I realized today is the diamond jubilee and I realize it's Pentecost Sunday um, but I whenever I think about those things I'm always like okay Lord what what do you want us to talk about because I don't want to be driven by some what somebody else tells us we've got to talk about uh, I sometimes think about that at Christmas. I'd love to do a Christmas service that's got nothing to do with Christmas. Um, but only because Jesus would tell me that that's what I'm going to do, because I don't think we should just do it. But anyways, uh, so we're going to read through this parable. But I don't want you to think I'm not bothered about the Diamond Jubilee, because it's amazing. It's incredible. The Queen's incredible. She's utterly amazing. So I don't want you to think I don't. Anyways, because I do. All right, we're going to read through this parable. We're going to act it out. We're going to some, have some fun with it. Uh, are you going to be my terrible son? Okay, excellent. That's good. He was a little bit, I'm not right sure, because um, another terrible son said he's too poorly to be a terrible son, so I don't know. Uh, Luke 15, there was a man who had two sons. Now, as we go through this story, I want you to remember, whenever this story talks about dad or talks about father, he's talking about God. He's talking about the father heart of God. And whenever he talks about sons, he's talking about you. Okay, so all the time, this is about the heart of Father towards you. So there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Okay, so it starts like this. Dad sat down in his house. Oh, he's having a lovely time. He's got his two kids. He thinks all's going wonderfully well, as dads do. They think it's all going wonderfully well until suddenly something happens. And son comes up. We've not rehearsed any of this, which he's a little bit concerned about. All right. And he says, and he's very, he puts on a big kind of angry face. I know you don't do angry face, but you can try. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> and he says, Dad, I want me inheritance. I want me inheritance. <laughs> okay, you can sit down for a minute. And then... Um, now, the, the first thing to know in this story is that that is, you've got to remember, this is a story set in first century Palestine. And in those days, fathers were revered and honored. And it was like a big thing that you didn't disrespect dad because it's an honor, shame, culture, all that sort of thing. And of course, if you think about it, one of the sons asking for his inheritance, when do you get your inheritance? Okay, when he dies. So, so by asking for his inheritance, what does it mean? It means, I really want your dead dad. It really means I'm not really interested in you, Dad. I'm not interested in you being you. I just want what you've got. I just want everything that you've got, and I want it now. And I'm not bothered about anything to do with you. I just want all your things. Well, that would have been hugely shocking in the day. It's hugely shocking now if you think about it. If you're a, you're a mum or a dad, or, or, and somebody came to you and suggested that they wanted their inheritance now, and they were not bothered about any relationship with you, but please could I have my share of the house. That would be deeply painful, wouldn't it? And most dads now, and certainly every dad back then, would have gone, get out of my house and don't ever come back. But this dad goes, okay. 
because it says he divides his inheritance between them. So he, so he gets his inheritance and he sorts it out. But what does that mean? Well, well, what it means is they didn't have bank accounts, so they had houses and land. So he has to sell land, he has to sell houses, he has to break it down, he has to give away all his cattle, he has to get rid of it all. This father tears his life apart for his son. So the story starts off about a son who doesn't really love dad and he's very unkind to him, but it's also a story about a dad who tears his life apart. And one of the key messages in this story is the extent to which father's willing to ruin his reputation for the sake of the son. Because everybody else is looking around going, what the heck are you doing? Why is he not just evicted from the family and never let back? But this dad goes, nope. This dad is like no other dad and will do things no other dad would even dream of for the sake of his kids. You see, when we don't really love Jesus, when we're unkind to him and do things and say things that don't honor him, he continues to reach out to us. Okay, I'm going to need some more actors in a minute. Not long after that, younger son. Younger son. Got together all that he had, set off for a distant country. That's just at back there. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. All right, we need some, we need some people who can have a party with Sam. We need to see, need, yeah, that's right, yeah, come on, let's bust some moves out. <laughs> you can do some, yeah, up there, up there with Sam. Oh, let's see. All right, let's have a party. Come on, Ariella. That's it. Bust some moves out. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anthony had, uh, had a bit too much to drink, I think. Fell over on him, so he enjoyed the party too much. So he's having a party. And, um, and then it says, after he spent everything, there was a severe famine in a whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him in his field to feed his pigs. All right, Sam, the field's over there. Go there. Oh, hang on. Somebody taking his pig food. We got pig food. Yummy pig food. All right, anybody want to be a pig? Any pigs out there? I'll be a pig Yes, thank you. I want some big oink noises, please. There we go, excellent. There you go, you can feed the pigs some pig food if you want some. <laughs> Love it. It's very cheap from Country Foods. It's excellent. Jack, do you want to be a pig? Excellent. Good, Good lad. Back there, back there, back there, back there. Where Sammy's? Where Faye is? That's it. There's even special pig food to eat, Jack, if you want. Yeah, good lad. Get it down. Yeah, excellent. Good lad. All right. So there's that. And then he says, oh, I think he says, hang on a minute. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. <laughs> down it, down it, down it. Yay! It's only mashed up wheat a bit from this morning. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay, so we see. He disappears off. Not one thought about that. 
not one thought at all about dad. He's not thinking about dad. He's not bothered about dad. He's just going to have a cracking time. Everything that dad had created, all his wealth, he spent it all on his own selfish pleasures, never once thinking about him. But then, of course, he runs out of money, doesn't he? And he has to get a job, looks after some pigs. And then it says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will sit out and go back to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. So, he decides maybe there's a way back. But interestingly, he's kind of a, it's a really clever twofold approach. Because first of all, he goes, okay, well, I'm going to admit I got it wrong and I don't deserve to be a son. And everybody who's listening to the story at the time is going, flipping too right, don't deserve to be a son. He's not allowed back in, flipping nowhere. So he goes, okay. And then he goes, well, maybe I can be like a hired hand. Now, that's a really specific request because hired servants didn't live on the estate, but they lived in the local village and came up to the estate to do some work. So he's like, I might be able to at least see that. Might be at least able to be at work on one of the barns. Or do, maybe, maybe there's a way I can kind of at least see him every now and again from a distance. It's this real kind of strategy that's really clever. So thinking that he'll never be a part of the family again, but he might be able to enjoy something of village life, he sets off to see his dad. Now, how do you think he might be feeling at this moment? What is in his heart at this moment? What is he thinking about? Just ponder it yourself. Okay, you've, taken, you, you've, you've shamed dad. He's the laughing stock of the village. You've taken everything he had and you've wasted it all, the entire lot. You've blown it all. And now you're thinking, maybe I might be able to go back. Okay. So, Jack, I need a servant in a minute. Do you want to come and be a servant in a minute? Come here, sweetheart. Good lad. You sit there. Good lad. And in a minute, when I tell you, can you bring this and these when I tell you? All right? Good lad. I'm glad you came. Right. So it says this. So he got up and went to his father. Just, just walked kind of to where Margaret is. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Okay, so this is what, what really happens. Just, so first of all, this dad, squidge up, kid. This dad could well be just be sat with the older son who's been a good lad. He's been in the house. He's been a really good boy. He's done everything dad said. He could be just sat enjoying time with the older son. Although we actually see that's not what was happening. So we'll find out later. But instead, this dad, what's he doing? He says that while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, which means he was looking out for him, which means every day this dad was stood at the edge of the estate looking down the road to see when he was going to come back because the heart of the father was that he wanted the son to come back and the biggest thing was he wanted to see him. And then it says, filled with compassion for him, he ran to him, Oh, I love this bit. Just, just stand there. All right. Now, I want you to think, this, just come forward a bit. 
Okay, because this is what he did. He went, son, yeah! <laughs> the raw, bring the sun. Oh, you forgot the raw, yeah! He's joining it in, yeah, I love it! Yay! Go get the rope, go get the rope. That was even better. Yes, come on, let's get this on him. Let's get the robe on him. There we go. Should have taken my coat off. Just put it. There, put the robe on Let's get sandals on him. We'll just pretend. And take his ring off. Ow! There we go. Don't lose it. There we go. There we go. Oh! And then we have to. Oh, you carry them because he's not got his. He's not been prepared, has he? You carry them. All right. Come on, son. Come on. Let's go home. Come on. Let's have a party again. Yay! You sit there. Excellent. Now, here's the thing. Everything about this story is contrary to what people know. Fathers who have been, had their lives... Oh, I need my ring back. That feels really weird. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> fathers who have, who, have, who have given everything up do not look for their sons. And fathers do not run. Male men do not run in first century Palestine. Kids may well run. And perhaps women might run, but fathers, men never run. Everything about the action of this father tells you that this is a completely different father than anything anybody has ever known before. He's no ordinary father. He's waiting, longing for his son to come home. Despite the pain he's caused, despite the anguish, the loss of reputation, he's desperate to be united with his son. He's willing to risk more ridicule, more isolation, and more shame because of his own actions just to be with his son. This father's amazing. So when he sees him, he runs to him, openly expressing all the emotion that's in his heart, throws his arms around him and showers him with kisses. And the son's overall, he's trying to get his well-rehearsed speech out. Father, I've sinned against you, against heaven. And just as he's about to launch into part two of his groveling speech, father goes, be quiet. I'm going to put the robe on you. I'm putting the crown on you. I'm putting the slippers on you. I'm putting my ring on you. He doesn't even get a chance to get his apology out before father welcomes him in. Isn't it beautiful? You know, that's what God's like, though. Even before you've got your apology out, he's welcoming you back. It's so good. So good. And then he kills the fattened calf, which is like the best, most expensive meat. This would be a feast, the likes of which the village had not seen for years. This is not just we're going to have a Sunday roast. This is like we are going full on, all out, biggest party ever. Okay. Thank you. You can stay there if you want, Jack. You won't like being there, though. You want to keep, keep helping me? Excellent. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. Can you go and be in that field over there? It's a pretend field. Dad, Alan. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing, so he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother's come and replied, and your father's killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his dad, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate. But when this son of yours who squandered all your property comes home, you kill the fine calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again and he's lost and he's found. Okay, so Jack, Jack's the older brother. All right, Jack, come in. Come in. Okay, you come in. All right. And we have this conversation. 
because Jack can hear a big party going on back there. But he's like, well, hang on a minute. Why are we having a party? Because his little, his little brother's come home. But Jack's a bit upset because Jack's been here all the time. Jack's been a good lad. Yes. He's been doing everything right. Everything mum and dad asked of him, he's done it all. Every time, he's never argued, he's never cried, he's never got anything wrong. Almost like real Jack. <laughs> but he hears his party going on. And he says, I'm not going in there. But did you hear what it said? It said, Father went out to him. You see, Father ends up going out to both kids. They're just outside for different reasons. This one's outside because he can't go out with dad's love. And the other one's outside because he's not recognized dad's love. But they're both outside. My father goes out to both of them. Thanks, darling. <laughs> My son, the father, said, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours. You see, the older son had the same welcome from father as the younger son, but he just didn't see it. You see, all the time the younger son's away, dad, I think dad sat in the house, all ready to enjoy some time with the older son. All ready to enjoy it. He's just sat there. But it, it seems the older son, he's so busy doing all his jobs, so busy rushing around, so busy trying to keep all the plates spinning, that he just rushes past dad every time. He rushes to do, dad sat there waiting. But he's rushing around so much. Maybe he's rushing around trying to make sure dad's happy, but what he doesn't realize is that dad's already happy. Dad's already pleased. And then he complains that he doesn't have a, a reward, but, but perhaps the reward is that he was always with him. He was always with him. That was the reward. And maybe sometimes we're looking for the wrong thing. Maybe sometimes in all our hard work and serving, we, this should happen, that should happen, the other should happen. Yeah, but everything he has is yours. The problem for some of us is not that we don't get the reward. It's that, as it says, we are so slaving for Father, we forget he's with us, which is the reward. The older son lived in the presence of Father every day and yet complained when the younger son was welcomed home into that same presence he already enjoyed but missed. The issue was he didn't appreciate Father's presence. He wasn't aware of the power of Father's presence. And he was so busy running around that what he forgot was that the most important thing was not the job, but the relationship. Blah, blah, blah. But the relationship. He had come to see that as long as he did everything Father asked of him, Father would be happy. But the primary thing Father wanted was to be with him, to spend time with him, to enjoy a relationship together. That's what Father wanted. Finally, what if the reception the father gave the younger son when he came home is the only reception father knows? What if the reception the father gave the younger son when he got it wrong is the only reception father knows? What if it's not about getting it really badly wrong or getting it really right? What if it's just about a dad who runs to you and showers you with kisses? No matter what. We categorize our errors, our mistakes, and our failings. We rank them into small things and big things. We go out of Father's house every day, and then we get caught up in these guilt, confess, fall, guilt, confess, fall cycles. But listen, it doesn't matter how far you feel you've gone out of Father's house. He runs to you. He jumps in your arms. 
and he kisses you. And he'll keep doing that every single moment of every single day. Whilst you are still mumbling your confession prayer, God is running to you. Whilst you are crawling back to him because you feel so terrible, he is running to you. He didn't even let you finish your little, I'm so bad about me and I'm so sorry prayer before he's wrapped his arms around you and smothered you with kisses. You see, it's called the prodigal parable. But the prodigal is not the son. The prodigal is God. Because prodigal means to be recklessly extravagant. And I serve a recklessly extravagant God who is recklessly extravagant with his love towards you. And every day, no matter how big or how small, it extends to you. And I just want to encourage you this morning that no matter what, no matter whether you're in the house and you feel like you're doing super well, don't get all the jobs done and forget to sit with him. Don't rush through, I've got to pray, I've got to read my Bible, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, but forget it's meant to be about actually being with him. And if you feel like you've run away and you're a long way from Father's house, well, just remember, all you've got to do is start walking back. And he will run out and meet you and shower you with kisses and welcome you in before you can even get the sorry out of your mouth. That is the heart of the Father. And I want you to grasp it more and more and more. Not only for you, but for those around you, for people you know, people you're praying for, people you meet, people you're sharing with. I honestly believe the only response that Father knows is to run towards you, jump in your arms and shower you with kisses, even if you don't like sloppy kisses. Isn't it beautiful? Shall we pray? Father, I want to thank you for Jesus. I want to thank you for the way Jesus told such incredible stories that speak of you in your heart and his heart. I want to thank you for the power in those stories and the power that speaks to our heart 2,000 years on. And I ask Jesus that you, that somewhere in our spirits, we might fully grasp what that actually means, what the heart of the Father is. And what it really means. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.